How's everybody doing today? Blessed. Uh, familiar to this house? I remember moving in. I remember that third step under the carpet. Me and my boys and my wife wrote what we wanted God to do in our lives. For those of you that don't know me, uh, my name's Angel Rocha. I pastor alongside with my brother David there in Modesto at House of Rest Church. And we arrived here about 2010. You know, we're all guys, right? We're all men here. And I had been doing ministry for a long time prior to arriving here. And when I arrived here, man, my marriage was just broke, busted, and disgusted. We were at the point of divorce. We were a shattered marriage when we got here. I remember my first conversation in my living room in Arizona prior to us moving back with Pastor Doug. And I said, we had met, we had lunch in, uh, here in Tracy. Got your phone number, then we were contemplating what our next step was in 2000, mid-2010. And after that conversation, I called up Pastor Doug. I said, Pastor Doug, this is Angel. Oh, hey, what's going on? How you doing? Not very good. And we just began to talk and we began to conversate. We ended up moving back here and uh, we ended up having a lot of time, a lot of conversation, a lot of prayer uh, between Pastor Michael and Pastor Doug and just pouring into our marriage, pouring into what inevitably was I thought was going to be a divorce. And she requested a divorce on Christmas 2010. That was my Christmas. Wow. Needless to say, we've been married 19 years. Same woman. God is not, listen, God didn't give me my old marriage back. He gave me a brand new one. See, he doesn't give you your old life back. He gives you a brand new one. See, he doesn't give you broken pieces, you know, with some, uh, uh, some duct tape and, and a little bit of glue on pieces, hoping you can figure it out and walk through life. Maybe limping a little bit. He doesn't give you broken toys. He takes the broken toys and makes them new. So if you're a broken man here tonight, you might hide it very well. It's all right. We all know how to lie. We're born with that. We know how to hide it very good. But one thing that I do know is the scripture says that the Holy Spirit came to convict us of sin. And when we can be convicted of sin, we can understand our place of where we are. And when we understand our place of where we are, we understand the place of where he is. And when we understand the difference and the distance between the two, we understand one simple fact, Brother Orlando. He's God. He's God. So let's go ahead and pray. And uh, let's get ready for the first session. Father, we thank you. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the men that are here. Lord God, I thank you for the word that you have just released in my heart for tonight, for every man that's here. Father, that just chains, Lord God, that have bound the minds of our men that can be broken and shattered by the power that is in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the families that you are restoring now 
in the name of Jesus. Marriages that are being redeemed right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for fathers who don't know how to be fathers that will walk out of this place absolutely with an understanding, Lord God, of their purpose and their calling. Father, to understand their placement within the kingdom. Father, we thank you for the prophetic word that will be released here. We thank you for the healing of emotions and body that will take place. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I got to admit to you, man, I was installing artificial turf today, and I am beat. I'm beat. That sun was, it wasn't real hot, but when you're working by yourself on artificial turf, brother, it's hot. It's hot. To all of the friends that have been here, I got to see Brother brother Garrett. I was watching him rock. Where you at? Where you at, Jason? There you are. Beyond the smoke and the... Beyond the glory smoke, I see a hand waving. A lot of familiar faces. If you could turn your Bibles to the book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. Book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. It goes like this. Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. And his brothers and all his father's household came down and took him, and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Estatoa, If I pronounce it right, you are more than welcome to help. In the tomb of his father, Manoah. We're going with that one. He had judged Israel 20 years. Uh, If you're not familiar with the story of Samson or the book of Judges, book of Judges, Old Testament, it was just crazy. The book opens up by saying that man did whatever he wanted to do with what was right in his own eyes. So man just began to do what he wanted to do irregardless of how God felt. And if you read through the book of Judges, it was a time that it was just random chaos and anarchy within the people of God. And then God would rise up someone where he would call a judge. This judge in turn would come and bring remembrance of the God in whom they were supposed to serve. And he would remind them of the God and the law that had been stand, that, that had been given to Moses and Joshua and that they were to obey the law of God and, and, and hear God's voice and submit with an open heart and be able to be men of God and be able to guide their families and read the scriptures and it would be rehearsed every seven years to the men there. But in the course of the book of Judges, men forgot this process. Men forgot that they were supposed to hear the word of God and in in turn teach the word of God. You see, women weren't taught the entirety of the Old Testament scriptures. Men were. So it was man's responsibility to to sit down with wife and children, and especially their daughters, and begin to explain the God to whom they served. They were to open up the scriptures and 
and be able to conversate and talk about it. This is why in the New Testament we get Paul making a statement and says this. It's not a, a derogatory statement towards women, but it is a, a statement nonetheless that catches our ears when Paul says, listen, men, uh, don't let your wives ask questions in the church. Let them ask them at home. It's because women in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, Jesus brings a liberation and a freedom to women that wasn't in the Old Covenant. But because this new covenant and there's a lot of information that these women were trying to get a hold of, Paul said, listen, men, you're supposed to know the Bible and teach it to your families. So the implication of having the wives not ask was because the implication was the men knew the answer to teach them in the living room of their own homes. See, I ain't judging you. It's just the name of the book. I didn't name it. I didn't name it. But we were given the responsibility to give the Word of God, teach the Word of God, pray with our children, pray with our wives, and not just instruct them in words, but brothers and sisters, brothers, I see I'm used to service, no sisters. But brothers, let me tell you something. We weren't called to just teach it. Might I remind us, we were called to live it. See, the title of, my, of what God gave me this message was this. What are we trying to do? Men, what are we trying to do? Brother Anthony, I remember it was it 2011, 2012, when we started a Bible study in, uh, here in Tracy. Do you see the building? I just drove by today. It was just dirt. That was crazy over there on the corner of Larch Road and Tracy Boulevard. We would gather there with search and rescue and the men there and men from the church. I attended here for two years, served alongside with the pastors here, and we did a Bible study. We would have 20 men, 30 men opening the scriptures, and it would get intense. There'd be men crying, and there'd be men trying to fight. And it would, get, it would get a ruckus, and I would, I would always remind the men that would get loud. I said, listen, there's one of you, there's 29 of us. Who do you think's going to win? So I would rather you get it out now and get it off your shoulders now and yell at us here than take it home and take it to your wife and yell at her. I would rather you get it out of your chest here than take it on your kids because we'll take it. And if we got to, we'll hold you down while you yell it because that's as far as it's going to go if we have to lay hands on you in Jesus' name. We're men here. See, in the story, Samson was given the anointing to be a judge. And Samson didn't take it very, very serious. He didn't do very well with that. Samson did a lot of good things. Samson did a lot of bad things. To be honest with you, he did more bad than he ever did good. He served the nation of Israel half-heartedly. I would even dare to say, you know, he served the nation with a uh, Mm. 
Like, it's just not all there. <laughs> he did it. He tried at times. He would get angry and just come in and shake himself, and the Spirit of God would move all over him, and then it would come, and, and he would bring liberation and, and swing the jawbone of a donkey and kill so many and say, See? Look what I can do with the Spirit of the Lord that's moving on me. See, Samson would, man, he had, a, he had some good flexibility. He, had, he was able to move. Samson was able to, to shake himself and move in the presence of God. But you know, the one thing that Samson was never able to get past, man, Samson could really never get past himself. Samson could really never get, because see, Samson would sit there and go, man, I want God, but man, she's fine. You know, I want God, but, you know, I feel like boasting about how big I am and how strong I am, and well, let me show them what, what I can do, and let me just shake a little bit, and watch, the, I'll let everyone see how anointed I am. So Samson had some room to wiggle, <laughs> See, what Samson didn't realize is he was locked to his own chain. See, he could move. See, I can, I can dance. Just, uh, oh, I can't go too far. I can, wor- I can, I can halfway, I can, see, I can lift one hand up and the other one halfway. I can, I can worship too. But uh, uh, not all the way, though. See, that was Samson. I know we don't have any Samsons here. I know it's just for those that might watch on the internet or listen later. I know we have a bunch of men that are free to just live out their faith and watch the power of God move through your life and through your homes and through your marriages. I know when your kids get sick, before you go to the medicine, you lay hands on them in Jesus' name. I know you do. I'm, I'm preaching to those that are going here later. See, Samson was just kind of stuck. You know, Paul made a couple statements in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. It goes like this. He says, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. The King James Version says it like this, that I myself should become a castaway. That Paul was saying that what good is the words that you preach and teach if your life doesn't reflect what it, your, what it is your words are saying? Or let me say it like this. You know, you, what good is writing a check if you ain't got no funds to cash it? How many of you would work all week long and then would, would desire to cash a check knowing that your employer didn't have enough money to actually be able to make it good would you work very hard would you believe your boss you wouldn't if you were if if you knew that the 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 boss's bank account wasn't deep enough to pay for that check it, it just wouldn't be the same men can i say that that's how your children feel sometimes when you speak Come on, man, let's talk. See, I was full-time ministry, man. I traveled, I did all that stuff. I preached in 
minister. I've seen people getting healed. I've seen people getting saved. I've seen all of that stuff. In the middle of all of that, I committed adultery between 2004 and 2005 in the ministry. See, I didn't come over here to show you my, my awards. I came to show you some scars. Some scars. See, because I knew what it was like to be able to shake and feel the presence of God, and yet nobody know that I was, you know, I, if I could put like bling on it, I could, you know, just kind of cover the chains. Because, you know, I'm going to make it look blingy. And go, when everyone tells you, well, what is that? That looks like a slavery chain. Um, no, it's my bling chain. See, I know what it's like to be able to say one thing and live another. Paul says it again later on in 1 Timothy. He says this, Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. It didn't say check it out sometimes. It didn't say visit it on Sunday. It says continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. See, I, I, don't, I didn't come to just, just to talk to convince you guys to be good at home and save your family, but yet you struggle on your computer and everything else when your wife's asleep. I, the gospel didn't come to save your family and leave you out. The gospel came to deliver you of you so you could be saved, you and all of your household. That's the difference. See, because a lot of us walk into church and we sing songs and we participate in ministries and we lead Bible studies and, and all this stuff and the whole time we're sitting there locked up, chained up in our mind, in our heart, with our eyes because we can't even look at a sister. There's a book that says, you know, to bounce your eyes. When a woman won't bounce your eyes, just, you know... If a woman walks by, bounce your eyes, bounce your eyes. How about being able to look at her as a sister in Christ and be delivered of lust and be delivered of sin that's in your mind and in your heart and, be absolute, and actually be able to acknowledge this person as a human being and a sister in Christ? Hmm. Sometimes as Christians, we live... How could I say this? We do Christianity to pleasure ourselves, but there is no reproduction to what we do. Did you get it? Okay. I think the youngest one in here might be my son. So I'll say it. We, as Christians, sometimes, we, uh, we live a spiritual masturbation life. That all it is is just physical pleasure and all it is is surfacey stuff. But there is no reproduction to what we're doing. The reproduction of what we're doing is to reproduce Christ in you, the hope of glory in everyone around you. Your children, your co-workers, your neighborhood, your school district, your nephews, your nieces, Everyone around you, 
The glory of God was not given to us to hoard it to ourselves so we can just be better. The gospel was given to you and I so we could be saved and be debtors to all humanity to live it out and give out the gospel. You still with me? See, I want to talk to some men who need some chains that are broken. Let's go to Romans chapter 6, verse 5 and 8. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Amen? You say, so what are you, what are you saying? See, Samson got an understanding here. And he said, listen, this stuff is so good. God is so faithful. The message is so great that at the cost of my own life, I'm willing to die for it. I'm willing to put down what I once was so I can be what it is that he called me to be. I'm willing to lay my life down because if I don't, then this is all I'm going to get. But Samson came in on this last time and said, put me by the pillars. Why? Because if I die, then this is not there anymore. If I can die, what held me back ain't there anymore. If I can die, then I can, resur- I can live in the likeness of the resurrection of him. If I can die to myself, if I can carry my cross daily, if I can sit there and, 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 and put myself away as the scriptures have said, is it possible that I could be free in my mind? Is it possible that I could be free in my thinking, free in my life, to be a man after God's own heart? You say, man, but I struggle. I, I, it's just that that's too hard. I get it, and I understand, but Isaiah and Ezekiel say something very important. He says, for I will give them a new heart. And in that new heart, he says, I will cause them to live for me. See, Samson at the very end of his life, he didn't know what else to do. But all he could understand to do at the very end was he says, Lord, let me die. And if I die, I will take every one of the enemies with me. I will give my life for what I know is righteous. I will give my life for what I should have given to in the beginning. I will give my life to free 
and protect the ones I should have the whole time. And Samson was willing to do this. But I want to point out something really quick. I'm getting towards the end, and I just want to say this to the men. See, Samson, how he got into this situation is he ended up with a woman by the name of Delilah. And Delilah kept on trying to find out where his strength was. And he told her a lie, and he told her this lie, and he told her that lie, and this and that and everything else. And then at some point in time, towards the end, he broke. And he ended up opening up the truth and told Delilah, what was the truth was power he said was in my hair so Delilah tied him up shaved his head brought the soldiers in they captured him they plucked his eyes out so he couldn't see and they attached him to that chain and put him in as a slave and the Bible says in verse 21 that same chapter it says that when the Philistines took him Put, on, put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters. And he became a grinder in prison. It looked like the end. But I love this verse because I just want to encourage the men before we close this. And it's this. Verse 22 says this. However. I love the however. See, because if the story ended there, man, that's a pretty sad story. The guy's just, oh, he's over. But God always has a however. And the scripture says in verse 22, However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. See, here's my Frodo sword, my son's Frodo sword. I know we've gone through some stuff. If you're married, I know you've gone through some stuff. Anybody that's longer married than longer than a day would understand that. <laughs> if you're single, I know you've gone through some stuff too. If you're divorced, I know you've gone through some stuff. See, ain't nobody here to judge you. Ain't nobody here to throw rocks at you or cast anything at you. But I just want to help you with this. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. He said, I came to bring a sword. That you would take that sword and what? What do you do with it? Fight everyone around you? No. Argue with everyone around you? No. Swing it at those in your home? No. This sword, he said, was given for what? To plunge it in you. Because you'll never resurrect with him if you don't first die with him. See, this is the problem. We need to die. We need to die to ourselves. We need to die to our passions. 
We need to die to everything that we once were. See, it ain't about hanging with the homies and then now you go to church and you go to church on Sunday, but we see you on Facebook on Tuesday. Come on, man. We know you know the songs and how to sing it on Sunday. But do we see it, man? We see it. We don't want to see it. I, I don't even like go on Facebook looking for stuff sometimes. It just sadly pops up. The seagull, oh man, I'm, I'm hurting Pastor Michael. I'm hurting Pastor Doug. No, we're saying this because you're hurting you. You're hurting your children. You're hurting you. You're hurting your home. You're hurting your marriage. So let's just do away with it, man. And let's die. Let's die to who we were and not resurrect it back up. Let's die to who we were. You say, well, I was an ex-prisoner. Then stop acting like it and be a son in the kingdom. Well, I was a drug addict. Stop acting like it because you're a son in the kingdom. I'm going to end with this. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if he dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Stand here. I want to say this. You hate your old life way too much. Some of us love our old life way too much. And Jesus said, you got to hate it. You got to hate it. I remember visiting my brother in Santa Rita. How long were you in the hole, David? One year. And in the hole, he would, we would talk, and he would go. I mean, he, he got, what, one hour? One hour a week? Every two days. And he would come in, his hair would be grown out. He'd be all crazy looking. And for the first five, ten minutes, it was how so-and-so, how so-and-so, how so-and-so, how so-and-so, how's this, how's that. And then the last, the, all of the rest of it was, dude, I was reading in Ephesians, man, and God was saying... Oh, man, I was reading David in the Psalms, and it was crazy. David was celebrating. His, his enemies were chasing him. And I'm looking at my brother like, dude, are you crazy? You just came out of the hole. And he's like, yeah, I don't even got a study Bible. I just got like a regular Bible. Ain't no footnotes. Ain't no nothing. It's just me and God. I hear, I hear people howling. I hear people screaming. I hear people this. I hear people that. But there I am, just me and God. And I'm, I'm in the sunlight just looking at the scriptures, just reading it, just get just... Mm. Hmm, kill me more, God. Kill me more because I don't want to be what I once was. I need to be what you've called me to be. Samson didn't fulfill his calling till he died. And when Samson died, he impacted the whole nation of Israel farther than all his life did. 
I've heard some of you and all of us, I don't want to change my own name. Man, I grew up in Tracy. I shot at people in Tracy. I got shot at in Tracy. So dope in Tracy. Got beat up in Tracy. Beat up people in Tracy. And you know what? It never crossed my mind until about 10 years ago, Pastor Doug, we were sitting at Jamba Juice. And you said, have you ever thought about doing ministry in Tracy? No. (laughs) I was running away from what I destroyed. I'm calling you back to what you once destroyed because now it's time to fix it. To what you once destroyed. God is calling you back to die to fix it. He's calling you back and he's saying from now on, kill yourself and then pick up my sword because my words are spirit. Our words are life. Close your eyes. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for everyone that is listening here right now under the sound of my voice. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your presence and your word, Lord God. We thank you for everything that you're doing through us, in us, by us, for us. Father, but we call out unto repentance right now. Father, we call out unto you, Lord God, and say, start over in me. Don't fix the broken toy. Make me a new one. For everyone who is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And everything in him is of God. Father, make us new. Make us new fathers. Make us new big brothers. Make us new uncles. Make us better grandparents. Father, make us better men. Father, make us better sons in the kingdom. Yes, Jesus, right now. Come on, some of you got to just talk to him right now. Just take a moment before we go. Just, Father, here, this is what it is. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of who I was. I'm tired who I have become. Let me die with you so I can rise with you. Father, for that we thank you. For blessing every home. Blessing every marriage. Blessing every family. Every single man that is here, Lord God, bless his steps. Bless his path that's coming. Bless our finances that we stress over. Father, protect the the tire on our cars and let them last longer. Let the gas in our vehicles go farther. Bless what we are, who we are, and what we touch. Father, for that we thank you. In the wonderful name of Jesus.